Hello, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Good Fight Podcast. It's so great to have you with us, um, and you are so welcome. And I don't know about you, but I am so excited for this episode. I, I really am. But we just want to thank you for all of the feedback and as well the discussions that we've had over this week, um, over some of the passages that we've been covering in James, and we've we've really enjoyed it, and we've learned so much, and we've been encouraged by them. So, Andrew, as this episode is a little insight into your life, I thought I would start off, first of all, by asking about your week. So this is the 11th week of now semi-quarantine, no longer, they've got a wee bit of freedom, but how has it been? What have you been up to? Um, well, thank you um, for that lovely um, introduction there, Simon. Uh, you've done a great job there. Um, it's been good. Um, I was actually nice. I was able to head out. Um on Sunday that I went for a nice um, walk up Slamish, um, which was lovely. Nice to get in out in the, the outdoors and, and get up, get the, well, I didn't quite put the hiking boots on because of the weather. I thought it'd be better just to go in the trainers, but had an enjoyable um, time up there, um, which has been lovely. And I've been keeping pretty busy um, as well, which has been good. So I've been about, what's this, 10 weeks off work now and all the rest of it, but still been enjoyable. Been having a good week anyway. What about yourself? Um, yeah, I've also had a decently busy busy week. I am currently in the midst of a 24-hour exam. It's my final exam, and it's basically all kind of finished. It finishes at 12 tomorrow afternoon, like midday. Uh, I have another one question to do, so I am, this is a wee break, and then hopefully get back into it after this and then in the morning. Um, but more importantly, this was an incredible week because I got to swim. I haven't swam in months. Andrew, and you know my, I don't know, this weird passion I have for the water. Um, I was so excited. And I think, you, yes, you were there, Andrew. You saw the, the glee in my face as I was surrounded by the the lovely toxic harbour water of um, of Carnlock. <laughs> but more importantly, I also tasted a cake this week. A cake above all cakes. It was a beauty. I was, it was early on today, I was presented, um, it was a, there was a knock on the door that was just behind me, I turned around and there was this tall man holding a single plate with three slices of lemon drizzle cake and lo and behold Andrew, it was you as well, my goodness, you got a big mention in my, in my week and you just handed the cake over and I tucked in and it was, it was pretty great. Uh, we had our dinner with the family and we had our cup of tea and then we were like, we set about our business to, to assess what this cake was going to be like. With a lot of deliberation, looking at the aesthetics of this cake, you know, the consistency of it, but how it like sort of held together, all these, these different aspects. We give you a 7 out of 10, Andrew, for that cake. It's very well done, but you could always do better. Well, to be fair, I think I might take that for the first time I've ever baked on my own. I'll take a seven out of ten. Like that's pretty. I'm not too. I'm not too disappointed with that. You know, only room for improvement, of course. Um, wouldn't want to get too big headed if you said ten or something like that. So probably best just to, even if it probably was close to that, best just to bring it back to a seven. That was probably the, the best thing for it. Now for your one, that you had sent to me. So Simon decided, um, for his um baked good that he was going to send um to me to taste, um, was some cookies. And I have to say that the size of them was pretty good. There was a decent area of goodness on the cookie. Took the first bite and it was like, I could taste, I could taste some milk chocolate. I could taste some white chocolate. 
and I had a couple more bites and then I, I just got a hint of dark chocolate in there as well. So we managed to mix all three chocolates in there, which definitely took it up to a, a very good standard. And it was nice and crispy on the outside as I like it lovely and gooey in the center. And you did a pretty good job to be fair. I'm just going to double check just for the adjudicator. 100% a Simon cookie, no mix with a little help in between or anything like that? Absolutely not. Who do you think I am? I'm a grown man. Just just thought I'd, just thought I'd clear that up before I give my accurate prediction of what I would score it. Um, and you'll be relieved to know there was no soggy bottom on it either. So that's always a, a very good point. Um, so I would probably go for... Whew, I'd say it was probably about a seven and a half, I think. I, yeah, I'd say I'd say you've just pipped it, but you being the much more avid baker, I think I will I, I will take a, a solemn victory on that one. I think a solemn loss, I think, is what is what you're saying. Mm. Um, yes, that I'll take that victory. Like I've lost the last two, so I, I really need I need need a wee score. That was was pretty decent. Have you got a wee wee challenge for us this week, Andrew? Um, I do actually. Um, it's another eating one, um, actually, but because of course. We had the lovely baked goods this time. We're going to go in a bit more of a healthier um, direction this time. And what we're going to do um, throughout this week um, is you've got to try and eat as many different types of fruit as possible as you can. And you can maybe, and if you eat one that eat either one of us, as in the other person, hasn't ever heard of before, then your points get doubled. So if you can come up with a completely random fruit that you can find in the supermarket anywhere and the other person hasn't heard of it, then your points will get doubled for how many different ones that you've eaten. But you can't make the fruits up? No, they do have to be legitimate fruits. You can't just sort of sort of mix in two hybrids together and try and grow them in your back garden or something. They've got to be legit in the store fruits. I really I love this this fruit, the carrot. Oh, I don't know if you've ever tried that before. <laughs> It's now time for the the Sammy Sam, and it is my um my time to pick. And today, as well, in the post came my hammock. Uh, my hammock is from Bangkok, from all places. So it took like a month and a half to get to the house. I didn't realize this until I ordered it, and it was it was actually pretty great. So I popped it up to the two trees, Andrew. You'll be glad to hear. And I was flicking through the the old word and stumbled across Sam one o three, and this is what I want to share with you guys. <coughs> So wherever you are, um, please enjoy the reading of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good, so that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord 
shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the fields. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Well, I think the hammock definitely did a, a good job there for you because you definitely picked a, um, a good psalm this time. I definitely um, enjoyed the verse four there. Um, it says, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And I suppose that's quite um, applicable to what we're about to go into just now. Exactly that. Um, being my exam week, Andrew, um, you've gladly agreed to share your testimony this week. Um, and probably I know most of it, if not all of it, um, just throughout the years, you've probably shared it with me. Um, but you've no idea how, I'm, how excited I am um, just to hear it all again. Genuinely, I am so excited, like a wee child. <laughs> um, but the thing that is missing in this testimony sharing is a fire pit. And usually when you're at a Christian weekend or a camp, as soon as there's a fire lit, like without a doubt, there will always be a testimony shared, but there's no fire pit. So we just have to imagine the fire, you know, today. But without further ado, Andrew, can you just share a wee bit about um, about how you became a Christian? And I'm going to leave it quite open um, and let you you take it from there. Uh, thank you very much, um, Simon. Um just before um, we get stuck into it, the sort of plan um, for this week's podcast is, of course, um, for myself to um, share a, a word of personal testimony. And now, of course, I think it is for everyone's testimony. Um, of course, it is nothing great that we have done. Um, it is all that um, God has done for us and how he um, rescued us um, from the, the the ways we were in the, the life of sin or that we were living and redeemed us. Um, through Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. And of course, I could just simply just say a sinner saved by grace and we could end the podcast. But um, I want to share a few things um, that I've been through um, and also um, in my Christian life as well. And hopefully that will be um, a help to uh, maybe some who will be listening. Um, but I always like to, um, before I do my testimony, to read this psalm. It'll just be five verses. Um, it's in Psalm 37. Um, and my testimony verse so to speak you could say is the is the verse five i'll read the um from the start of the chapter it says fret not yourself because of evildoers be not envious of wrongdoers for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb trust in the lord and do good dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart and this is the first five commit your way to the lord trust in him and he will act. Now for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Andrew Curran. Um, I was born on the 21st of July uh, 1997. I'm at that age where I'm at that age where I don't mind um, telling you um, my age for my testimony. So for all you mathematicians out there, I'm nearly 23 but not quite. I'm 22. 
And I grew up in this little um, town of Ballyclare, which is sort of about half an hour away from um, Belfast, because most people listening probably won't know where Ballyclare's from, only a select few. So best to chuck that in as well. Um, I was raised in a, a Christian household. And I'm sure as maybe some of you can relate, growing up in a Christian um, household, you had the routine where you were out to church twice on a Sunday, you were out to the Sunday school and whatever um, kids meeting was going around, so to speak, you were pretty much sent out to um, every single one of those. And and essentially, I could pretty much um, say that I knew lots about the Bible, um, even from a very young age. I had, could tell you all the stories, I could tell you what the uh, the biggest psalm was, I could tell you what the shortest verse was, I could tell you all the, the facts of the Bible. But I didn't um, know the Lord Jesus personally as my saviour. Um, I always felt I had a good relationship um, with ministers in the church and all the rest of it, because it was sort of the, the deal that we had struck with our parents where um, when the big man got up in the pulpit to speak, um, I got my Haribo. So I always had a fantastic relationship um, with them. Now, I can't remember... Um, the very night um, of my conversion, I couldn't tell you the, the date um, when I got saved. I remember it was a Friday night. I was at a um, just the, the kids uh, meeting up in Belfast um, in the Martyrs Church there on the on the Ravenhill Road. And I remember I was sitting there um, at the back where we always sat. And I remember um, a man called Gary was was giving the kids talk. And I don't remember what the message was about. I don't remember what he said, but. I was um, convicted of, of my need um, to have this sin problem dealt with. I was convicted um, of my need for a saviour and I was thinking about it the whole time on the on the bus ride home as the children were getting dropped off and then as we had, we had um, popped into the car and was and was heading all the way back to Ballyclare. It was on my mind constantly that if, if I didn't wake up tomorrow and I was in my sins and I didn't have Jesus as my saviour, then I would be lost. And I remember as my dad always used to pray um, with us before we had um, went to bed. And I remember saying to him, I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure how, but I said to him on that very night that I, I needed to get saved. And I remember just in our bunk beds there um, in a wee house um, up in Rathmina, um, he was there and he was able to um, lead me to the Lord there. So that's amazing. So that was the, the moments. I suppose that you became a, a new man, Andrew. Um, the the moment that you that you started your relationship with Jesus, that your life changed forever, where you realized that Jesus was actually greater than life. Um, so was life radically different from that moment on? Did you see so many changes? Did you have new problems since then, or what was your 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 early few years as a Christian? What were they like? Well, I'd have to say I was probably, um, I don't even think I mentioned my age when I got saved. I was around about um, seven years old um, at the time, so quite early on in, in primary school. Um, and you could say I was a bit of a um, an early evangelist, I suppose, in the early days. I remember just going up into um, to people and, and asking them if they had, if they got saved and um, asking them if they knew who Jesus was and if they were just as blunt as anything, were they going to heaven or hell as quick as that? Now, I think I might have a slightly different approach these days on how I would come across, but I was just firing away with uh, no care for the world, um, so to speak. And I'm sure as some of you um, can relate in growing up in a very in, in a Christian home, um, having quite a sheltered upbringing. I remember one time we were making our way back from um, football practice in, uh, in last year in primary school. And I remember a few of my friends coming up to me and saying, did you hear what um, one of the guys did? I was like, no, I didn't hear. He said he was 
one of the guys was swearing at one of the coaches. And I was like, what? He swore at him. I was like, I, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. A swear word? I, I hadn't even heard anything like that. None of those things at all. So um, my very early Christian life um, was um, f- uh, free um, of uh, very little difficulties, um, you could say, at that age. Cool. I was mad that you were so blunt and evangelizing everyone in your primary school. But did any difficulties come along the way? Um, or was that just the, the, the trajectory of the rest of your Christian life, Andrew? Has anything changed? Yeah, things started to take a little bit more of a change um, by the time high school um, came around. And there was a good, and obviously with that um, period, about seven years or so, and there was um, many things that unfortunately um, that happened that started to lead me away from the Lord and sort of um, started to um, backslide away from him. Uh, there was many things that were occurring, so to speak. There was... Um, uh, death um, in the family. I remember it, I was very young um, when a good few of my um, grandparents passed away. It didn't really um, have an overly much of an effect on me because I didn't really understand what was going on. Really, I didn't quite have, have a have a grasp of it. Um, but I think it was um, when my granny passed away. I think it was probably maybe first year. I think I was of high school or something like that. Um, so that happened. So that was a bit of a shake, but it was still. Um, doing okay after that and then it was more towards the um I suppose you could say latter end of my um high school days and all the rest of it when things started to take a bit more of a bit more of a turn. I started picking up um uh, a few um illnesses here and there and the rest of it. I had um had these very bad back pains um that I'd picked up um I think it was from playing sport. I think it would have came around from those sorts of things and I can remember I would have been sitting on my bed for um, prolonged periods of time with just this pain and uh, I'd been to very many um, hospital appointments and you name it every blood test and scan I think must have been put on me but they couldn't quite figure out what the problem was and I had missed a good must have been a couple of months of my um, final year of high school um, in upper sixth Um, I even remember throughout my school years um, I got quite badly bullied as well um, it was something that was tough to deal with at the time. I didn't really talk about it a whole bunch. It was something more that happened and I sort of got on with it, so to speak. I didn't really speak out too much about it. I didn't really talk to anyone about it. I sort of had the attitude of just pushing it down and, and, and not dealing um, with the situation, which of course is definitely not the right thing to do um, in those occasions. And even then, I'd, I'd finished up in my my school days so to speak and um things were only um getting a bit worse so to speak i had no interest um in the in the, in the things of god i had no interest in reading my bible i had no interest in in going to church or, or praying or, or, or any of those things really and i would just continue to um go about life in my perfectly comfortable in my backslidden state so to speak um Unfortunately, um, things um, got worse before they before they got any better. Um, unfortunately, as as this is a big thing um, that would have had to be going through, I remember how um, things such as um, lust and those sorts of things started creeping in, and um, the watching of things like um, pornography and things like that just started coming into the um, into the equation, and 
I even remember just thinking about and everything just sort of started mounting up and I was thinking about future of work and I was like, what am I going to do with this? I was um, working in retail at the time. I was like, where, where, where am I, where, where am I going with this life? And I can remember when I was in there, it was coming up maybe till about the Christmas time of about, I suppose that'll be 2018. Um, it would have been just before the new year. And I can remember just like my mind would have just been on the go all the time. Like I wasn't, it's tough to describe. I wasn't thinking about anything specifically, but I feel like my brain couldn't shut off. It was just worrying and it was going on all the time, all the time, all the time. And it was an extremely tough time. And just the accumulation of all those things, I had just continued to just go further and further um, away from God at those times. Thank you for your, your honesty, Andrew. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Did you ever feel that God was calling you back at any point in that time? Um, yeah, I would have to say um, a lot in the early days, sort of around about maybe the first four years or so of high school or something like that. I can um, remember many occasions um, where that would have been the case. It was a lot more frequent um, in the early days of the backsliding, so to speak. I can remember multiple occasions where I was listening. I was being um, forced along to a church service or um, out to a meeting for the youth or, or, or something along those lines. I can haven't got the time to go into the specifics of those stories, maybe for another time. Um, and even later on, um, when I was probably um, late years of high school and things like that, I was still um, going to this um, Bible class um, that they would have had in the church. And I was like, well, if, if I go to the Bible class, then I won't have to go to the um, the church services in the morning and the evening and all the rest of it. So I was like, right, that's a fair enough. That's a good deal. And I remember going along to him all the time. And there was a man called, a man called Stephen, um, who took them. And I remember every time um, I came into him and every time it was like I was getting convicted every time I stepped into it, every time he was speaking week after week after week, it was like, it almost came across as if you were the only person in the room and they were just speaking to you every time. And, and even then, but it started to get less and less and less as I went on and got deeper and deeper into the um, the backslide. And sometimes even nowadays, I think about it a bit. And I sometimes ask myself um, the question, what if he had stopped pursuing after me? What if he had stopped like it was in the early days and it started to get less and less the deeper and deeper I got? And I sometimes think to myself, what position would I be in even right now if he hadn't stopped pursuing after me? I often, I maybe... I often ask myself that um, sometimes, and it's, it scares me to think. It scares me to think what would have happened if he had stopped pursuing after him. And we can praise God that he, he never stopped pursuing after you. Is there a moment or, or maybe a time, Andrew, that you can sort of pinpoint that there was a change? You were a Christian, but was there a moment where maybe God spoke to you and things changed? Yeah, it reminds me of a... A very powerful night and you could say the i suppose a very key um turning point in my life it was a sunday night and um for some reason i felt the urge to tune into um just an online um service so to speak and it was this baptist church um out in america as random as random as it was but that's the one that i had tuned into and i couldn't remember up until now actually what the um the message was about um but we'll get the chat about that maybe a little bit later on um, but just in that, I w I've never, and all the times of the conviction previously in the backslidden um, phase, it had never it hit me as hard as that one hit me. 
And I can remember when he had finished um, his message. I can remember, and I, I could tell you the exact spot in my room. I remember just getting down um, by the side of my bed. I was completely broken at this stage. Realized how far I had, had, had strayed away and how, I suppose, backslidden um, I had become. And I remember just getting down by the side of my bed. The tears were, I mean, I was, trust me, in those times, I was not an emotional person, but they just seemed to come all bursting out into the surface. And I can remember just crying out to God at the, at the edge of um, my bed and just crying out to him and going, I had got to this broken state where I was like, I don't want to live another second on this, on this earth if I'm not living for you because there's just no purpose in any of those things. And some people may say, well, that doesn't sound like a very kind God to, to break you like that. But if I'm honest, it was one of the best things, apart from the night I got saved, one of the best things that had ever happened to me. The realization of how far I had gotten away from him. And I was broken that night, but in a way it was needed and it was necessary. The Bible often talks about how he chastises um, those that he loves. And I am so eternally grateful um, that he did break me that night in, in February 2019. That's it's very solemn, but it's it's amazing, Andrew, that that did happen. And it's been clear to me to see a change in your life. But can you sort of and flash that out. How has the journey been since then? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a very enjoyable time. Um, probably we've been nearly a, a year and a half since then, or something like that. And there's, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not been smooth sailing since. There's been plenty of um, highs and lows, um, so to speak. I was still uh, troubled by a few things. I could really, I, I struggled with getting into. Um, praying and, and reading my Bible every day, it would be very um, sporadic. I just wouldn't be um, getting it as a daily thing as as, as it should be. And um, I was still at the time um, struggling with um, lust and and pornography and things like that. And I know there was times I was getting free, and there was I think a time I went it was like maybe six seven months or something like that. I hadn't gone near it. Everything was great, but. Um, then slipped back into it again. I was like, oh, it's best, babe. I'll, I'll deal with it myself. I'll try and sort it out myself. And then I could go maybe another another month or so or go another three weeks. But then I would I, w- I would slip up again. It was still something that I'd, um, I'd struggled with. Um, and I remember the last time it probably um, probably happened was probably a, probably a couple months ago now or something like that. And it was just a different realization that hit home at this time. And something I remember turning to a verse and it was just speaking about how the old, um, that the old self, the old flesh, is is um, has been crucified. It's dead and buried now. You know that has no attraction. I this I'm a new, a new creature, so to speak, and I'm a new person, and that no appeal to me anymore. And um, it is tough, and it's 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 a, it's a subject and a topic as well that's not. Um, spoken about in churches much or in conversation like that because there's such a, a stigma attached with it with all this um, shame and people even though it's something that a lot of um, Christians and non-Christians really struggle with and really harms and affects a lot of things when I was in my um, backslidden state I almost thought well it's just it's just me I'm not affecting anybody else it's just myself but uh, even looking back on it now what, what a selfish thing that truly was because it did affect everything it affects friendships it affects um, and family, it affects all the people that you have around you. It truly does. And w- when you were in that mindset, so to speak, you didn't really realize that. And I just am so thankful 
um, to God, how merciful he has been, how gracious he has been to me. Um, for all the things that he has opened up, even in this last year or so, um, finally becoming a um, a member of a church, which is not something that was a new experience, not something I'd ever done before. Um, I got baptized there um, a couple of months ago, um, which was great. And just the, the, the opportunities it's opened up, the uh, the new people that I've met, new friendships um, that have came about, which has been um, a real joy and an encouragement to myself. And the doors that have opened up for many things, for work with the children and so many other aspects. And just looking back in the, the very short, I suppose, 22 years so far, but it just shows the faithfulness of God in all things and how gracious and, and merciful um, he, he, he truly is to us. That's money. certainly is a, is a faithful God and it's amazing you can see that throughout your life and throughout your Christian life. Um, is there anything you want to leave us with um, just as, as we close up here? Uh, yes, I actually had sort of... Um, uh, two little thoughts just to say. Um, I was thinking as I was preparing this last um, bit of my testimony um, yesterday, and I um, was thinking of the sermon um, that the guy preached um, on that February night in 2019. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do a bit of digging to see if I can find it. So I was scrolling through YouTube, going a, a little bit back to try and find it. Um, and I came across the, the story, and it's from Second Samuel 23, and it's about... And David, when he was thirsting after this water um, from the well, and these um, mighty men that went out um, into enemy territory to grab him the drink. And that's what the story was. And I had completely um, forgotten about it, didn't know what it was. And I'd actually listened to a sermon um, earlier on this week um, by Tim Keller. And he was using that story. And I'd heard it, and I was like, oh, that's a fantastic story. But it didn't click to me that that was the very same. I was no notion. And I actually listened to the sermon for the first time um, since February 2019 today and to find out it was he did a different, different little take on it um, but it was the exact same story um, that was used back in February 2019 that brought me back to him and it just, well it just shows it just shows the power of God that he can use the same passage in two different things that teaches two different ways and it really just does show the, the faithfulness of God even in my own um, quiet time for the last couple of weeks I was I was reading the Bible and I was praying. I was just, I just, I just didn't feel close with God. And I was praying to him and I was reading his word. I was like, cause I just, you just crave the closeness to him. And I hadn't had that for a couple of weeks, but you were just like, got to keep persisting, got to keep persisting. And then of course I was, you know, we were organizing. I was going to share my testimony this week. Um, and just to think about, you know, how I was going to pull it together and what they wanted to say. And then just the encouragement that gave at the very same sermon that I had listened to, a couple of days ago and with the message the little story that he had in there um matched up to the very night that i um came back from my um backslidden way so that was a, that was a very encouraging that was a um a lovely thought as well and i just wanted to um leave with uh one final thing uh, to put it to um use tonight um if there's someone who's listening to this um who isn't safe maybe a friend or a family member has um uh, shared this with you and we're so grateful that you guys have um, been able to tune in with us and I just want to um, put this to you that the Christian life so often people think there's just oh, all these sets of rules and it's oh it's, it's it's not enjoyable it's not great at all I, I just want to put it to you this it's the it's the best decision that you could ever make truly accepting the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and to be your savior is the most 
beautiful thing you could ever do. It is the most rewarding. It is the most freeing thing that you could ever do. And I would encourage you, if you want to reach out to us or maybe the person that has shared the thing with you, we'd love to talk to you about these things. Uh, we really would. And maybe there's someone who is out there in, in the position that I was in, in a state of um, of lukewarmness or, or backsliding away from him for a long time. Friend, I would just, I would, I would encourage you to come back to him. He's there waiting for you. It's not like he's forgotten about you. And friend, I would encourage you to learn from my mistakes. Don't get it to the stage where you have to be broken like I was. Just come to him right now and, and, and draw near to him. Maybe reach out to someone you know, who they, which I'm sure they'd be more than willing to talk to you about this. And just one more thing. Just for the people who are um, living their lives for God and wanting to and read in the word daily and just wanting to know him more and wanting to do a work for him. I, I just want to tell you this. Uh, don't lose heart. Keep going. So often we come across these difficulties and it's not the easiest thing in the world, but there's a, there's a verse in, in 1 Corinthians that always uh, is so encouraging and reminds me of this. And it's the last verse in chapter 15. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And friends, we're going to have difficulties, we're going to have struggles, and we're going to have trials. But how we can rejoice that we have a faithful God who loves us so much, if we could truly grasp how much he actually loves us, it would cast out any fear. And we would just be wanting to willingly to go and just devote the rest of our lives to him and give it all. And just not to get any reward on here, but just to give our lives to him and then just to hear the words when we finally meet him, to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. May we press on to those words and have that in our minds. And I just want to thank you all so much um, for listening to this um, brief word of testimony to for his glory. Thank you, Andrew, um, for sharing. Um, you were so honest, and it was just so great just to hear um, the story again. And it really has warmed my heart. And um, even just to, to keep going and to be persistent and to, to serve God wholeheartedly, that is exactly what we should be doing. So I, I really appreciate your encouragement. So thanks, folks, for um, for joining with us, um, hearing a little bit more about uh, one of our lives and we really appreciate your presence and as we always say and we do mean it uh, please give us any feedback um, or uh, a text or anything about maybe something you've enjoyed maybe something that you've challenged you or maybe something that you think we could have sort of presented better any of those things would be amazing um, so just pray that you have a fantastic week um, have a good time and maybe you'll also get stuck into our challenge that we've that Andrew you've set us um, this week uh, so God bless and have a great week.